G'day, welcome to On The Road, the number one Australian trucking podcast made for Aussie truckies by Aussie truckies. We're an independent voice in Australian trucking and proudly brought to you by NTI, Australia's leading transport and logistics insurer. G'day, welcome to show 148. We're back, that's right, we're back. We've got a bit of news, we're going to opinionate on the news. I've got a bit of a story there I had a bit of a rip into. I don't agree with what's going on with these overhyped trucks. We can talk about that more later, I suppose. If someone wants to chat about it, give me a ring, we can have a chat. A little bit concerned about the direction the government's going there. I don't think they're being very, very fair, not particularly with this fellow. We're going to talk about the news anyway. Rachel Whitchurch is in with Andy for a bit of a chat about her new track. A couple of tracks there from her. Bob with something to talk about, of course. And a little bit of other stuff to go on with. Time to get on with the show. Let's go. Let's get this show on the road. Yes, get on with it. G'day, guys. How you going? As you know, the Trucking Life magazine is back and it's going to be available at the Casino Truck Show. But if you're not going to be there, the best way to get it is to get your yearly subscription and you'll get four magazines throughout the year, quarterly, delivered to your doorstep. Absolutely action-packed with articles, new riders, some of the old that you probably remember from years ago, old trucks, new trucks, big posters in the middle. There's got to be heaps. So jump over, get your yearly subscription for just 60 bucks, and that's four magazines throughout the year. Otherwise... We'll see you at the Casino Truck Show for our first read. Oh, yeah, I nearly forgot. Head over to truckinglife.net.au. Don't miss out. Here on the road, it's time for the news. Morning, Mike. We're a bit brisk in Brisbane this morning. Beautiful day, though. How's things down your way? Well, it's a nice sunny day down here in Sydney, too. Still a little bit cool. Of course, we're having that climate change off the... uh, off the uh, southern uh, mountains down here. Still happening, is it? Yeah. yeah, no, it's still happening. Yeah. Uh, the world did have the uh, warmest day on record overall uh, last week, I think it was. Yeah. yeah 17 degrees. Wow. Was, was the average temperature around the world. Yeah. Uh, I think, you know, it's something we really should, we really should start to think about, you know, how much, uh, how much temperature is affecting the world. I know it's certainly affecting my power bill. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we were promised a little bit of a bit of relief on the power bill situation, but it's certainly not happening down here in Sydney, I can tell you that. So, yeah. Anyway, there you go. I shouldn't whinge. Well, why not? Someone has to. Well, well we're, getting, we're not getting any mean tweets or anything from our government, are we? So, you know, we're, we're good. No. We're good. With all this <laughs> feel-good stuff happening, you know? Indeed. Now, mate, I don't know about you and your late-night mm. television viewing habits, mm. I'm a bit tired. Every year about this time, I get hooked on watching the Tour de France, or the Travelling Frogs, as oh, I call it. no. Mostly just for the scenery. It's like a <laughs> continuing travelogue on France. It's very, very nice. Very nice. But right. the other morning, the wife said to me, what, what time did you get to bed last night? I said, oh, about 3 a.m. when the cycling finished. Yeah. She reckoned it wasn't good for me and all these late nights. Yep. And she suggested I'd be better off getting on my own bicycle mm. And riding 50 kilometres a day to clear my head and then maybe she'd be able to stop nagging me about it. (laughs) So I decided to do as she suggested and to be honest, I'm feeling a lot better for it. Only thing is I'd made it as far as Port Macquarie before she sent the cops out to bring me back home. (laughs) Oh dear, oh dear. Just can't win, hey. You just can't, no, you can't win. 
That happened on the 26th of October uh, 2022, so a while ago now, sometime mm. between 9 and 9.30pm. Two of the trucks were significantly damaged and and the, and the third was sort of like not significantly damaged apparently. Right. But uh, Thursday, the, Thursday the 16th of February uh, at 11.25, another one parked in exactly the same location mm. allegedly also was set on fire. Resulting in delayed reaction. That is was yeah. a delayed reaction. Um, so is there a, is there a thing with uh, with little rigid Pantec trucks or taut liner trucks just sort of spontaneously combusting? Could it be something in the freight? Maybe someone has put something in there that's caused the problem. Anyway, well, the, the trucks hun- might have joined a cult or something, and they're just Maybe taking they themselves have. out one by one. Self-immolating trucks. Yeah. The, uh, Inquiries are obviously ongoing, and the Hunter Police would like to find out exactly what's going on. So, if you if you find out, or if you know anything, or if you've got some dash cam or anything like that, uh, ring Crime Stoppers up or something like that. Get on to the Hunter Valley Police and let them know who did it, because the police obviously can't do the policing. So, yeah. yeah. What was the name of the street? Well, it was it was uh, El- Eldersley Road, Brankston, which is. It's been bypassed now. It's on the Hunter, sort of beside the Hunter Expressway between yeah. between uh, oh, towards Singleton from from Newcastle. So you you say so you sort of come off the M1 and you spear off to the left and you head out towards Singleton that way and the Brankston rest area and Brankston sort of on the on the right hand side if you're heading north sort of going. There's a couple of good rest areas, or there was a good rest area in there. Mm. Um, but these ones were in Eldersley Road, Brankston. So it might be wise not to be parking in Eldersley Road, Brankston, just for now until the investigations are concluded. And mm. Well, you got to wonder why these things happen. I mean, the trucks don't just spontaneously combust. There has to be a reason for it. Yep. And uh, it might be as simple as these guys keep parking their trucks where they've been told not to park, and someone's finally said, that's it, you guys have <laughs> cop this, you know. Who knows? Yeah. I mean, that's... That's just me speculating, and I'm sure the cops have even thought of that. So, you know, maybe that might it might be as simple as that. It might be insurance fraud. Who knows? Might be could be a hundred things. If you know anything, we will find out in the fullness of time. I'm sure. Ring the uh, ring the Hunter Valley Police and tell them that what you know if you if you feel up inclined. Otherwise, let's move on. Yes, indeed. Mike, a retired New South Wales police officer, decided he wanted to do something positive to help truckies manage their fatigue behind the wheel. So he's studying for his PhD with truck driver fatigue being the focus of his research. Yeah, my old mate Greg Casey. Now, I've had a couple of chats with Greg and uh, he's been on the podcast and on the radio stream with us. Oh, I thought you meant on the side of the road. I probably, As a matter of fact, I probably have had a chat with him on the side of the road. We were... We were comparing notes when I was last talking to him, and I think it's entirely possible. Mm. Uh, we have had a chat on the side of the road. Nothing bad, though. It wouldn't have been... No, obviously, uh, he never ever gave me a ticket because I'd remember that. Yeah. Um, because I've not had that 
that many, you know. Mm. Uh, over the course of my career, I've been fairly lucky. Yeah, Greg uh, used to be in the job down at Wagga Wagga and obviously seen a fair bit back in the day, and he's fairly motivated to find out what's going on with fatigue. So when he retired from the New South Wales Police Force, after spending like 25-odd years on the road, he decided that it was about time that he had a bit of a look. Now, Greg is a fairly pragmatic sort of a bloke. He's doing this study with a view to finding out what works for truck drivers and what doesn't work, why it work, works or why it doesn't work. Mm. Um, I've actually spent a couple of hours on the phone with him doing a very, very extended form of what he, his, uh, his study is. It's open-ended question, so he'll ask you a question and you get to give a, your answer in a, in a non-structured way. So you can, you know, how do you feel about the logbook? And you can say, oh, I hate the logbook and all, all that sort of stuff. And he asked you open-ended questions. He asked you open-ended questions. He asked me open-ended fatal questions. Mistake. It is a fatal mistake. <laughs> so Greg and I spent a lovely afternoon talking. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it would have been about a week. Yeah, no, but I mean, he's he's genuinely interested in what, what he's doing. Hmm. Now, the aim of it, obviously, is to end up with a series of, uh, of reports and findings that he would then put into his thesis for his PhD and... And then ultimately end up uh, as an uh, like as a qualified academic that's done the research, being able to have an opinion about what works and what doesn't work, and mm-hmm. being able to present that to the authorities. So you know, to that end, I'd very much encourage any drivers listening to this to get older, Greg, and uh, have your say. Now, Greg can't contact you; you've got to contact him. I will put uh, Greg's contact details in the show notes rather than just reading them out now, so that you can participate in the study. Don't sit there and whinge, nothing happens, nothing changes. Yep. Things like these studies need to be done so we can affect change. You have, yeah. to, you have to have the evidence. That's the way it is in this society these days. You can't go, oh, that's a good idea. Even if it's patently true and everyone can see it's a good idea, these days you need a certain amount of evidence to back it up. And yep. that's what Greg's doing. He's a great bloke into the bargain. So there you go. Good on you, Greg. Love your work. Yeah. Now, after having his new truck banned from the road for six months after breaching overheight clearance laws, a New South Wales operator is planning an appeal against the ruling. Yeah. Mm. Hey, look, have you ever heard of a case of excess punishment? Uh, yes. <laughs> I think this is it. They might as well just close his bank accounts and say, there you go, son, the door's over there. Don't let it in the arse on the way. The guy's got a brand new truck. Yep. It's towing a talk liner. They've got a picture of it here. In the, in, the, in the story that I'm reading this from. Now, here's the thing. Hengel uh, is the, bloke named Hengel's the owner of this. Hengel Transport from Tomago in the Hunter. I mean, he understands and accepts the infringement issue to the driver for the prime mover mm. set off the Harbour Tunnel's uh, southbound sensors on June the 2nd. Mm. The truck's been carting cardboard in a tort liner, right? A yep. tort, in a tort liner. Mm. The driver was told on the day that it measured at a height of 4.42 metres, right? Yep. On one side and 4.32 on the other. This is according to the story. All right. Now, the maximum allowable height in the tunnel is 4.3. Right. So one could say he's over height according to the measurements as they're reported in the story. I've got a question. A tort liner is an enclosed trailer. It's yep. got a roof, right? Yep. Unless it's one of those ones that's got a soft roof that pulls along that they, uh, they cart, sometimes cart wood chip and things in with the reinforced sides and all that sort of stuff. And that mm. doesn't look like one of those to me. It looks like a basic freighter ST3 to me, that trailer yep. in, the, in the picture. Now, I'm, I may well be wrong. 
right? And if I am, some, for Christ's sake, someone please enlighten me. But how the hell does a 4.3 metre tall tort line get to be 4.42 metres tall yeah. on one side? On one side, yeah. And 4.32 on the other. He might have been parked on someone's fence at the time. Well, I don't know. I don't understand. No. The, the story as it's reported doesn't make any sense, but given the source of the story, that doesn't surprise me. Okay. The driver was given a penalty notice for a minor breach with no demerit points and a $354 fine. Yeah. So the, to then come back and say to the company, we're now going to ban your truck for six months after that, like cancel the registration for your truck for six months, I mean, that's just a little bit harsh. The, the company's got no control over what the driver does. Mm. At the end of the day, the driver goes out, loads the load, and you employ someone based on the idea that they're going to do the job in the right way. Yes, you're vicariously responsible for whatever your driver does on the road. But are you this responsible? Do you deserve, as a business, to lose six months' worth of income on a brand new truck because a driver's made a mistake? If, in fact, he has. Yeah. It just to me, this is just. It's like you know, it's like they uh, like Princess Leia speaking to the evil bloody uh, empire. You know, to the mm. to the to the, the tighter you squeeze your grip, the more squeeze through your fingers. You know, the reality of it is, I look at that punishment for that, and I think to myself, dear Lord, why would I ever want to own a truck in New South Wales? Yeah. If they're going to do that sort of stuff unilaterally to you. The fines are absolutely ridiculous these days. We're fining blokes $12,000 for minor logbook errors. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But we can't we can't recruit and retain anyone. Gee, I wonder why. Yeah, why can't we get drivers? Why can't we get drivers? So, you know, the, the government are carrying on now. They're saying that they've, they've established a task force. That's what you do these days in government. If you can't solve a problem that's pissing someone in the public, you establish a task force or a committee. Or a round table. Uh, or a round table. They've established a task force responsible for reducing the number of overheight truck incidents in the city. So what are these task force people going to do? Stand there and measure every truck that heads towards the bloody the bridge? Possibly. I mean, seriously. Huh? Yeah, possibly. What are they going to do? What are they going to do? How much more control are they going to have over drivers than the blokes they work for? i got to tell you, none. Hmm. None. Right? But we've established a task force. We're listing. You know... They've got to, you know, this is apparently it's happening far too often and, uh, you know, the load's got to be measured and stop choking, city choking episodes and all this sort of thing. How about you fix the roads? That'll stop a bit of city choking. How about you give a bloke a sign and an opportunity to get off before he causes the traffic jam? Keeps coming up that one, doesn't right? it? Right? Yeah. You can't get away. Mm. <clears throat> it's just as bad in Brisbane. If you're on a truck and you miss the bloody... A DG truck, and you miss the gateway, right? Yep. Because you can't get over because some ignorant prick in a car won't let you over. Yep. Or something, you know. You're into the tunnel. You're heading for the Clem 7. Yep. You've got no choice. You can't take DG through the Clem 7. So what happens then? You work your way down through through town, and uh, you, you end up in places you really shouldn't be with a load of dangerous goods, right? Yep. And... You end up looking at the bloody doors, the front doors of the hospital. But if you have these exits, mate, and these getaway ramps and whatever, then you're going to have all these would-be perpetrators getting away and lack of income and, you know, who's going to pay the fines then? You know, where are they going to get money for government? They talk about educating before uh, punishing. 
to mm. me, this is just this is just like putting someone in the stocks. Yep. You know, in the public square and throwing rotten fruit at them and inviting everyone else to laugh. Mm. I mean, to me, this decision is so so wrong. It's ridiculous. It's not really. It's a, and it's being driven by the government. Yep. So John Graham said that uh, he's a roads minister these days. And look, and I like John. He's a nice guy. He really is. But I think in this, he's 100% wrong. Mm. John says he supports the trucking industry and pays but tribute to the vast majority of drivers and operators who get the freight around the state uh, and Australia safely. No, uh, They know their load height and their clearance limits and properly plan their routes. And, John, I've got to say to you, mate, if a guy's towing a buddy taut liner, he expects his height to be 4.3 metres. Mm. Okay? Most taut liners have actually got it written on the front panel. Now, if a piece of metal springs up off the roof or something like that and it sets off one of your height detectors, yep. you know, I, I would defy anyone to notice that on a walk around. I really would. Yeah. So what's happening to this guy? Sure, make examples out of someone. Make an example out of someone that's towed one of those bloody backhoes in and ripped down 14 bloody feet of lighting and framework. <laughs> make an example of that bastard. Yeah. Don't make an example out of someone with a brand new truck with uh, you know employees and a business to run. Uh, who reasonably expects his truck to be 4.3 metres. Yep. Uh, you know, just just ridiculous. It Sorry, is. John, you've lost me on that one. Yeah. Right, there you go. Next. I'll get off my bike now. That one wound me up a little bit. Sorry. With the date for the ever-popular annual casino truck show rapidly approaching, we're advised that registrations are now open with every registration, including an entry into a great prize drawer of goodies from Engel. That's right, mate. 30 bucks a truck. Yeah. Get up there and have a go. It's the biggest and best working truck show on the East Coast. Mm. Uh, in the streets of Casino, there's no entry fee, so you can just sort of wander down, like for, for the uh, for the punters, you know. Yep. You can just wander around, walk around the trucks, food stalls, buddy uh, truck and life stalls, all sorts of stalls down there, uh, all sorts of things that you can get, hats and T-shirts and that. There's going to be heaps and heaps and heaps of people there. Some of the best-looking working trucks in the country will be there. Yep. Uh, trophies are sponsored by Brown and Hurley. Uh, and, look, there are 80 winners and place-getters in 60 categories. It's the 10th casino truck show, something that started out of nothing. Um, mm. Just a bunch of guys. <laughs> well, let's just have a bit of a truck show. Yep. It's a local area truck show, you know, So, but there are trucks that come from all over Australia. There's going to be trucks from Western Australia there. I know that for a fact. I know two of them mm. are going to be there. Yogi mm. Kendall's going to have one of his there. Andrew Solder is going to have the beautiful K200 that's on the front cover of Truck and Life there. Yeah. And uh, we'll be doing all sorts of things. There's lots and lots and lots of stuff happening. 30 bucks to enter your truck and you can win a uh, forty-liter anniversary fridge. If you if you enter and you you sort of there, you know, just a month to go. So August the fifth, that is. Yep. Coinciding nicely with the launch of Truck and Life magazine, which is at the printers. Well, I was going to say it's a, it's a bit of a boat show too, isn't it? Because you're going to have a fairly big launch happening. Ah, <laughs> oh, you're a crack up. There's a lot of news going on though we haven't talked about this mm. week. Yeah. Uh, so uh, let's not talk about it. Go and have a bit of a look around on you know, Facebook and you know, have a look at your things. The best, the, the, the funniest one that's coming up, mate, not, that we're not talking about, 
is the upcoming North Connects Tunnel closure. Uh, hmm. They're closing it for routine maintenance uh, from 9.30 on Monday, July the 10th to 5am. So, And you're not going to talk about that? No, I'm not going to talk about that. Okay. <laughs> well, that surprises me. Does surprise you? No, I'm over, yeah. I'm over North Connects, mate. I've been, off, I've been up and down and jumped up and down about that one for, for way time. too long now. Everyone knows I don't. I'm not a big fan. Yeah. The NHVR's got the lovely uh, "We all need space to keep you safe" campaign going on, so they've stopped with the "Don't f with the truck." Now they're on the "We all need space. We all need a safe space." Mm. I think if you're a daff owner, you need a safe space. Yeah. Uh, Jimmy yeah. Reese, the uh, comedian, is part of that, uh, helping him out with that. He's the guy that did that all that COVID stuff and highlighted all the COVID stupidity. Yeah. Google Jimmy Reese. Have a look at him on YouTube. He's as funny as a. Uh, He's as funny as a, uh, as well, he's just funny. Yeah. No, Cut snake go. and all that. I was going to say, I, I was going to say something along those lines. And I thought, no, you can't say that. Yeah. No, well, well, you know, if something can't be said, you can guarantee I will. <laughs> <laughs> Got no filters whatsoever. Oh, mate, as you get older, the filters are just broken, aren't they? I'll just say. Oh, I never had any to start with. Anyway, our thought for the week, Mike, comes from another comedian, American Emo Phillips, who said, and it's keeping with our theme for yeah. the week, when I was a kid, I used to pray every night for a new bicycle. Right. When I realised that God doesn't work that way, I stole one and asked him for forgiveness. <laughs> it's about the best way to do it too, isn't it? Works for me. Oh, no, why wouldn't you? Works for me. Yeah. Right, mate, it's been great chatting. Yeah. And uh, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll see you in the soup, no doubt. You will indeed. You take care. You too, buddy. I'm Rachel Whitchurch. I'm here on Australia's number one trucking radio session of podcast, On the Road. There's nothing more devastating for a truck operator than to be involved in a serious road incident. We've all seen the impact of heavy vehicle accidents and at these times, when people are most vulnerable, it's critical that they have immediate support from a strong, stable, reliable and experienced organisation. NTI is Australia's number one truck insurer, the specialist you can count on to protect your transport and logistics assets, with the know-how to take control of the situation and the capability to reduce lost income by getting trucks back on the road again as soon as possible. Specialist products, experienced people, accredited repair and recovery networks and industry advocacy is what we do. It's our specialty and we've been doing it for more than 45 years. For more information, visit the website at nti.com.au or go to the NTI Facebook page. G'day, Andy here once again with our featured Aussie music artist. And this week we welcome back an old friend who spent her childhood living in a caravan travelling around Australia, learning the piano at just five years of age before taking on and mastering the mandolin, guitar and banjo. She's a truly gifted songwriter and performer, a two-times Golden Guitar nominee, and her last single, which we debuted here on the road a little while back, titled I'm Not Cool, has spent a whopping 13 weeks and still counting on the Country Hot 50 airplay charts. It's exciting to have her back on the show to share with us her brand new single, Untangled. So without further ado, here she is, the fabulous Rachel Whitchurch.
Hi, Rachel. Welcome back to the show. It's great to hear your lovely voice again. Hey, Andy. Thank you for having me back. Always great to chat with you and love your podcast. I appreciate you having me here. Oh, well, thank you. Well, it's always a pleasure and hopefully we can keep this going for some time. Not this particular interview, but more. <laughs> we can keep it going all day if you want. I've got children that I don't want to look after, so let's, let's just keep rolling. Okay. Sounds fair to me. Listen, last time we spoke, you just released your new single at the time, I'm Not Cool, and we pretty quickly discovered that you are actually very cool. Oh, thank you, thank you. That's nice. No, it also would appear that the fans are agree is that singles had huge success and been on the charts for like forever yeah look I think it's probably less about them agreeing that I'm cool and probably more about a lot of people empathizing with the idea that we're all a little bit uncool and I think that's a pretty sweet spot to be I think (laughs) I think so well look I dare say it's probably a bit of a mix of both to be honest that's right now your finally clear album Mm. which has been getting rave reviews from day one I loved one of the reviews, if I can just quickly read it, from Sophie Hamley from Sunburnt Country Music. And she said, Rachel Whitchurch has taken care to produce a truly thoughtful, beautifully written and brilliantly executed collection of songs. The sort of care that comes from an artist who takes her audience seriously. Mm. That's really very high praise. Oh, it's beautiful. And I think there is a lot of music where I think artists don't take their audiences seriously. Yeah. And they think they can just feed them this stuff that just, not much thought goes into it and it's just assuming that your audience, for lack of a better word, they're just assuming they've got a dumb audience, yeah, yeah. right? They can't understand complex ideas and thought patterns. And I think that when I create music, I want to create something that is easy to listen to, but also that has a message that you've got to stop and have a little think about it. And I think as human beings, we're capable of understanding complex things. Look, I hope my audience appreciate the time that I put into my lyrics because I really do pride myself on trying to be a good lyricist and it's important to me. So, yes, Sophie is very lovely for saying that. <laughs> yeah, well, it certainly shows. And, and you're right, in this day and age, stopping to have a little think about things is probably not such a bad thing and something that's quite rare. That's true, yeah. And look, don't get me wrong, there's a time and a place, you know, for music that is light and easy to listen to, but that's just not who I am as a songwriter. And I think, you know, even my last single that you had me on the show for, I'm not cool. I had a few radio presenters say to me, oh, this is quite a, a light, upbeat song. Like, you know, this is different for you. And I said to them, well, actually, if you go and listen to it. Yeah, if you listen to the words. It is actually quite deep. <laughs> but it's just a, a list of all of my deepest insecurities. So, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, well done. So, yeah, look, add a bit of a boppy beat to it and then everyone thinks it's a happy one. Yeah, that's the trouble, isn't it? Well, I love that review and it, it just interested me. And, and this is a bit of a sideline, but when someone uses a word, what did she say? Brilliantly executed collection of songs. I hate it when they use the word executed. It sounds like they're suggesting you might have murdered them, you know. <laughs> Yes. No, but I think we've gone away from this album. Well, not everyone, but like, you know, the rise of Spotify and all these different things. Artists are really going away from this album package. And I think that it's the equivalent of writing a book, right? And the the album is the book and each song is a chapter within that book. Mm. And I think that when people just get fixated on the one song, you forget that most artists will actually create this collection of songs to tell an entire story. And each of these songs is just one piece of that story. And that's what I love about an album because we're multifaceted human beings. You know, we all are. And so you're not just seeing this this is who they are. They're this person. They're the person who wrote the song about that. You're like, no, you're seeing them as an entire human being and all of the things that they're going through, which, you know, most of our audience are probably going through similar things as well. For sure. So I think it's a good thing to keep that album package intact, you know, even though some people think it's kind of dead. Yeah, no, it's a good way of looking at it. We're all pretty guilty at times, I think, of trying to put people in boxes and 
and look, I think that's one of the biggest things. I don't know if you're um, a social media man or not, or if your listeners are, but obviously, you know, the, the next big platform is, is TikTok, right? And so that's been a big thing that my label talked to me a lot about it. And, you know, I get emails with, you know, data and all sorts of things around why TikTok is so important. Yeah. And I try, I think, you know, as I've gotten older, not that I'm old, but as I'm getting older, I see myself starting to do old people things. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to my world. <laughs> but like, you, you notice it, like you're right. And so, you know, with this particular platform, this is the first time, you know, because every other platform I've kind of embraced. And with this one, I've just been like, oh, I just don't want to do it. It's so hard to learn something new and oh, and it's stupid. And, and then I can hear myself and I'm like, wow, this is the beginning of the end, right? <laughs> You've given up. But I think that the thing that I do struggle with, and, and look, I, you know, I do, I try and embrace all new technology because I think it's important, especially in the field that I'm in. Mm. But I think one of the things about TikTok that I do struggle with, going back to what you said, is they really want you to be a niche. Yes. They really want you to put yourself into a box and then to exploit that niche so that when people watch your channel or whatever, yeah. she's the girl who is X, Y, Z. Yeah. And that's something that many artists are really good at. And I think that's something I'm not so good at. So I'm actually going to start asking radio interviewers, if you had to summarize me in one sentence, like how would you summarize me? Because it's hard, I think, as an artist, looking internally into yourself, you see all of you, right? Yeah. And so it's hard to figure out, well, how does the world perceive me, you know? Yeah. But that's a loaded question, that. <laughs> I know, because I'm like, so how would you describe me in one sentence? <laughs> you can come back to that. <laughs> I would just simply say diverse. Okay, well, that's a sneaky way to get out of it, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, <laughs> we'll move on from there. I'll quit while I'm ahead. <laughs> so not resting on your laurels, there's a new single just released, Untangled. It's a great song. Can you share with us the story behind it, please? Yeah, I wrote the song Untangled. There's a lot of songs out there about new love. Yeah. And there are a lot of songs about heartbreak. Just a few. Just a few. <laughs> but I wanted to write a song that's all about long-term love. And so my husband and I have been married for 13 years earlier this year. And so Well done. Yeah. Oh, thanks. I mean, look, you talk to some people and they're like, oh, you've only been married five minutes. And then you talk to other people and they're like, whoa, you know, that's a long time. And I think we got married quite young. Mm. And so, you know, I love being married and my husband and I get along really well. You know, it'd be shame if we didn't because, you know, he stuck with me. Yeah. But I, I wanted to write this song about the ups and downs, you know, the highs and the lows, because obviously any marriage has its ups and downs. You know, that's just part of marriage. Oh, yeah. I think if you're living with someone, you're going to get to know the best and the worst of them. Mm. And that's what love is, right? Is, you know, knowing someone fully and then loving them anyway. <laughs> despite that, yeah. Yeah, despite those things, yeah. yeah. And so I wrote this song Untangled and it's all about that. And the verses, you know, seem a little dark because they're talking about some of the challenges of being married, but it all comes home to this chorus where the idea is no matter what, at the end of the day, you don't want to be untangled from that person. Yeah. No pain, no gain. Yeah. And look, it's not all pain. Oh, yeah. You know, we talk a lot about, oh, marriage. You know, of course, it's beautiful as well. And it's why one of the lines in the chorus, I did this little wordplay and I said, it twists and turns and ends in love and war. Because I think that that's the idea, right, of love. Some days it's love, some days it's war. <laughs> but it's both, you know? Yeah. And I think that's what it means to be growing and changing and learning. And I can't think of anything worse than being in a marriage where you hated the person you know, for me, would be being in a marriage where you're just complacent. Yeah. Where there's nothing, where there's no passion and, and no challenges. If we got along too well all the time, I'd probably start to question whether or not we were being honest with each other. <laughs> yeah, boring, yeah. Exactly. As I say, it's a great institution as long as you like living in an institution. But <laughs> no, it, it, it is a wonderful thing. You're absolutely right. I like 
my institution. My cellmate's pretty great. Oh, that's good. Well, look, I've always maintained that if each person puts the other person ahead of themselves and the welfare of their partner ahead of themselves, if both people do it, then you can't go wrong. That's right. Yeah. I'm a big believer that one person can change a marriage as well. Mm. They are committed to doing the hard work. But, you know, sometimes it's hard work. Oh, it is. I remember someone saying, you know, I couldn't live without them. Mm. And I've always found this concept really interesting of not being able to live without someone. Ben and I talked about this, so he won't mind me sharing this, but I probably could live without Ben, but I just don't want to. Mm. (laughs) And I think that's way more beautiful than feeling like there's this unknown force like, you know, I'm incapable of navigating life without this person. Yeah. And I said to Ben, you like die or something. Yeah, I could do it. I'd get on with my life, but I just don't want to. I want to like live this life with you. Yeah, totally. <laughs> well, that was an interesting little sideline. Wasn't planning on going there, but anyway, thank I you. I know. Look at us getting all deep on the <laughs> trucking podcast. I wonder what the truckers are going to be thinking. Who is this girl and why is she getting so deep and meaningful? <laughs> we just want to hear some country music. <laughs> I expect there'll probably be a bunch of them that are sitting there nodding their heads and thinking, yeah, well, that all makes sense. They're probably all going to call their wives after this. You say, should. Look at, hey, if anyone's thinking about it, give your wife a call and tell her how much you love it. She'll love that. <laughs> yeah, nice. Now, naturally, there's a great video accompanying the song, and this one was filmed at your father's paintball field in parks. That had to be a lot of fun. Yes, yes. Look, my dad is a farmer, but he also owns a paintball field. I've always wanted to shoot something on the field, but it was such a weird place to shoot a music video. I was like, what song would I possibly use a paintball field for? And so this song kind of seemed fitting because I've got this rope running through all of the scenes and I'm chasing this never-ending rope. Mm. And the idea is like all these different scenes of the different stages of life and love and, you know, kind of watching this rope be tangled around everything. And I really wanted to try and illustrate for people why it is so painful when people break up because you've got this rope, which is your love, that kind of tangles around everything, your hopes and your dreams and your past and your future and everything. And so when you try and pull that out at the end and when you finish, it's really painful because it's tangled up. And so that's where I kind of wanted to go with the video. And if you watch the video, you'll see that the rope ends up leading back to my lovely husband. What a great representation. And it just proves that you are firstly cool and secondly, very deep as well. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh, look, I try to be. What lies ahead for you for the rest of 2023? So we've actually been taking a little bit of time off from touring this year. We obviously did 18 months on the road with Adam Harvey. We had a bunch of festivals mm. and we don't have any other live performances or festivals until October when we play Savannah in the Round up in Mariba near Cairns. Mm. And so I'm excited because, you know, I'm really going to spend this time, you know, getting this new music out there but also just kind of enjoying time with my family. Hmm. These artists who are constantly on the road, which, by the way, like, love that. But just for my family, you know, I know there's a time for touring and there's a time to spend time with my family, and we try and balance that. And so we're kind of in our downtime. But come September, October, that's when we've got to be back on the road again, promoting all this new music, which is exciting. <laughs> yeah, brilliant. Well, Mariba in October... Oh, I actually can't wait. I'm so excited. And the lineup for that festival is just incredible. They've got like Jimmy Barnes headlining, who I love. And, you know, Cold Chisel is one of the bands that I grew up listening to when I was a kid. Yeah. I can probably, like, the two bands of my childhood were probably Chisel and Eagles. Yeah. So, anyway, to be on the same poster with Jimmy Barnes, yeah. you know, dream come true. But yeah, also I haven't been up to Cairns since I was a little kid. So, I'm excited to get up there and enjoy some sun and just see what it's all about. Well, I believe Jimmy's running around telling everyone he's rap because he's on the same poster as Rachel Whitchurch, but that's another thing altogether. Yeah. Of 
course. Of course he would be. <laughs> I'm sure he doesn't even have any knowledge of my existence, but don't worry. Come October, that's going to change. You'll know then. Yeah. I'm going to introduce myself. We're going to become best friends forever. Can't wait. Good stuff. <laughs> now, your social media information again, please, Rachel. Where do we find you online? Uh, you can find me just on all the normal Facebook, Instagram, I've got a website, rachelwhitchurch.com. And TikTok. <laughs> That's right. I was going to say, if anyone out there is, you know, investigating the TikTok landscape, I'm definitely over there giving it a, a good crack, <laughs> a bit of fun. Good on you. I also have a mailing list and I send out emails quite regularly. It's actually called School Kids Club. Oh, great. <laughs> good on you. Well, folks, as always, it's been a delight to have the lovely Rachel Whitchurch grace our studios with her presence. Rachel, many thanks for coming out to play on the road with us once more. Oh, no problem. I love coming on this show and, and I, I love that you have something that people who are on the road can listen to. I think it's a wonderful thing and so I appreciate you having me. Thank you very much for that. It's time for us to have a listen to the new single. Would you please introduce it for us? I would love to. I'm Rachel Whitchurch. I'm here with Andy on Australia's number one trucking radio session and podcast, On the Road. Coming up next is my brand new single and it's called Untangled.
big green sticker that says I'm truck friendly. It's simply telling you that the driver you're following is a part of a growing safety-minded community of caravanners who actually want to help other road users, have a good understanding of safe towing practices and have a UHF radio switched on and ready to communicate. If you too want to be a part of the solution and not the problem, find out more about the great truck-friendly caravan road safety program by visiting their Facebook page or website at www.truckfriendly.com.au. Hi there, this is Bob McMillan. Uh, just on a lighter note to start with today, um, I'm just wondering if there's going to be an Australia-wide shortage of blue tack sometime after the 5th of August when uh, the Reborn Truck and Life comes out. Um, three big posters and all the young kids wanting to uh, have them on their wall, uh, all the young transport kids anyway, and hopefully a few kids from other areas of life. Um yeah, so uh, you better get in and get your blue tack early, kids, because there's going to be a rush on it. Anyway, just like everyone else, I'm uh, looking forward to it all, and uh, I know the uh, the boys on, on the road radio and on the podcast are getting super excited, and they have every reason to do so and uh, are quite entitled to do so because they've done something exciting for us all. Anyway, we'll leave it there and get on to the business of the day. In a recent issue of Overdrive magazine, one of the emails I regularly receive, the headline was, and it hit me like a bolt of lightning really, costs of trucking hit record high last year, passes $2 a mile for the first time. It goes on to say, trucking expenses climbed to a new high in 2022 for the second year in a row, according to the 2023 update of American Transportation Research Institute's analysis of the operational costs of trucking. A record number of motor carriers participated in this year's research, which analyses a wide variety of line item costs, operating efficiencies and revenue benchmarks by fleet size and sector. Well, that got me to thinking. Uh, if my idea of uh, that I've put up previously about dealing with uh, the, um, you know, cost of road transport and, and, and having them regularly registered by the uh, big companies as part of the uh, top-down approach that I proposed for uh, um, solving some of the problems of the industry was to work. Um, where would we find that information in Australia? Where would we have a Transportation Costs Research Institute? Well, the brief answer is we don't. The nearest I found anything going towards showing any form of transportation cost analysis in Australia is uh, from the Transport Industry Council in Victoria through Business Victoria as they calculate the awards for um, 
local carrier awards in Victoria, I think, which are administered by the TWU and the Transport Industry Council and whoever else. Uh, it's a good guide. It, 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 uh, like as far as people wanting to sit down and work out their costs, uh, it's got all the right components in it, but uh, some of the figures are very outdated and very... Uh, very dubious uh, because the uh, the leasing costs are based on uh, 137,340 uh, sorry 844 dollars, which is the advertised cost of a ten year old vehicle and trailer. Well, um, I don't know how many ten year old vehicles and trailers there are carting locally in Victoria, but there must be quite a few. But uh, there's certainly not many running up and down the highways and byways of Australia. Uh, coast to coast or uh, up the hem or the Pacific or anywhere else. So anyway, I widened the search a bit and I found something that I think will be very helpful to a lot of people. Now, I didn't go right into it uh, because you can actually uh, you can actually sign in and do it. But anyway, it, it's an organisation called Freight Metrics. Their, their motto is Driving Knowledge and they've got a Truck Operating Calculator Trial asks at the beginning, do you really know your costs? Our truck operating cost calculator will work out your daily operating cost in minutes. Sign up to unlock the cells in yellow. Well, anyway, you can Google up the truck operating cost calculator trial and it will come to you. Now, it's, it's very well done, actually, and uh, I could recommend it if anyone who wants to... But the thing is, if, uh, if people want to run with my idea of, of trying to fix a few of the... Uh, problems trying to sort out the people who are either stupid or desperate, uh, in my view, um, here's a good place to start. Bodies that want to do something about the industry or the representative bodies like the ATA and the TWU and Nat Road and the NRFA and all these people and the what used to be the master carriers, now the state uh, RTAs or whatever they want to call themselves, if they all wanted to get their heads together, they could use this truck operating costs calculator trial to come up with uh, suggested or, you know, um, registered costs of operating the different uh, classes of vehicle anti-roads and, and get a bit fair income about one, understanding the costs and then hopefully leading that to people not accepting unacceptable rates. The issue in America is that we've got they've got this research institute that tells people what the costs are, and and there's still people out there offering and accepting below cost rates. So uh, that's that's just a bit beyond me. But anyway, I uh, I must be a different animal to some of the people out there, especially in America. Anyway, uh, I can only recommend that people start looking at their costs because if you don't know your costs, you can't recover them. If you don't know the honest truth about a problem, you can't solve it. And that's what needs to happen. It needs to happen in a bipartisan way and it needs to happen in a united way from the whole industry with people getting their heads together, putting aside their differences and just agreeing on being reasonable and, as I said earlier in my earlier broadcast, bringing a bit of respect back into the joint. Thanks for listening. Another run-in with the cops. For about three years, I did six a week between Melbourne and Sydney. Now, it wasn't always straight throughs. Sometimes it was Melbourne, Sydney, Melbourne, Sydney, Melbourne, Sydney, Melbourne. Sometimes it was Melbourne, Sydney, Sydney, Tarkata, Sydney, Tarkata, Sydney, Tarkata, Sydney, Tarkata, Sydney, Melbourne. Sometimes it got as far down as Albury. You get that in big jobs. 
Well, this particular night was a bit out of the ordinary. This was actually a Friday night changeover. I'd already made it back to Melbourne. I was doing a Friday night Calcutta changeover last trip of the week. And I get pulled into Broadford. It's the cops. Not Vic Roads, the cops. One car, three guys. So I get pulled in. The old sergeant stays in the car. One of the fellows starts to walk around at the truck, do a bit of a visual inspection, see what he can find. The other fellow takes the logbook, hands it to the old sergeant in the car, and then starts firing 20 questions at me. Where have you come from? Where are you going? What are you carrying? How heavy are you? When did you leave? Truck looks good. Did you wash it? All these questions to try to catch you out. Anyway, he catches the eye of his sergeant. He signals him across. He goes over to the window, comes back to me and says, uh, old mate wants a bit of a word. I thought, this will be fun. So off I toddle to the car. And old mate's sitting there with my logbook. And he says, so how many days have you worked in a row? And I said, this is my sixth. I said, I'm doing a changeover tonight. When I get back to Melbourne, that'll be the end of my week and I'll have 24 hours off. He goes, uh-huh. Um, I've gone back 22 pages in your book and I can't find your last 24-hour break. I said, oh, you've got a problem then. He goes, no, you have a problem. I said, mate, no dramas here. He's got his little police issue spinny wheel, which... You can set on the beginning of a date or a time and it will tell you how far you can drive or how many days or these sorts of things. And he's got his little wheel there and he's got my book. And he's quite upset because I've done 22 days straight, apparently. Well, if he looked even further, he would have noticed that I would have done about 75 days straight. But that's another story. So I said to him, before we get a bit carried away with this, I said, it's Friday night now, right? I'm going to finish Saturday morning. I said, can you go back to last... Saturday morning. So I say to him, what time did I finish on Saturday morning? And he looks at it and says, oh, 6 a.m. I said, cool. Turn the page to Sunday. What time did I start Sunday? He goes, oh, 9 a.m. 9 a.m. I said, there's 24 hours right there. In fact, 27 hours. He goes, oh, I missed that one. I said, wait, there's more. I said, I started 9 a.m. Sunday morning. What time did I finish? And he looks at it and goes, uh, 7 p.m. Cool. I said, turn the page to Monday. What time did I start? 8.30 p.m. There's another 24 hours. I said, and you go back a week before, a week before, a week before that, you'll see the same sort of pattern. And he goes, I'll be bugging. So you do six trips a week and you have two 24-hour breaks off. He said, I wouldn't have thought that was possible. It's all about how you organise yourself. Now, just for reference sake, interesting little point. They tell you, for fatigue reasons, it's best to sleep when you sleep and work when you work. Don't mix it up. If you can get yourself into a pattern, all the better. But then they say, you can work six days a week, but you can't work six nights a week. You can only work five nights and one day. So tell me how that works. But that's why I was doing a daytime Sunday and then five nights a week following. Worked like clockwork. Every week, not a hassle in the world. Now thankfully this old bloke was talkable and I could show him what I was doing. There was no real argument and he accepted what I showed him. And he actually said after, I'll be buggered, I didn't know you could do that. He said, well, you've taught me something. I had no idea. Now that 
He's a good copper. Here's our special Aussie music guest for this week once more, taking us out of the show with her song, My Father. Just a chip off the
tough and these last few years have shown that sometimes a little extra help can go a long way. Health in Gear is brought to you by the OzHelp Foundation and we're here to support the drivers and workers in the transport and logistics industry, bringing you roadside health checks and free support and counselling for workers and their families through the 24-7 phone line 1-800-IN-GEAR. Remember, you don't have to face the road ahead alone. Health in Gear are here for the long haul, supporting your mental health and preventing suicide across Australia. Check out healthingear.com.au. On the Road is proudly brought to you by NTI. Australia's leading transport and logistics insurer, and Queensland Rail, committed to improving safety through engineering, innovation and education. Play nice with each other and most of all, stay safe out there. Bye for now. Bye-bye. The team here at On The Road believe in the right to free speech and whilst we might not always be in agreement with the views of our guests and contributors, we support their right to hold and express those opinions. Mm-hmm.